0: We're living in days of great uncertainty. We're living in days when our legislators pass bills. Bills that it seems no one really knows what's in them, yet they're binding on you and me. We're living in days of massive job loss. We're living in days of economic recession. We're living in days where our government has to bail out big business and big banks. We're living in days when seems people can't hold on to their homes any longer. They just can't pay their mortgages like they once could. We're living in days of great uncertainty. We're not really sure, it seems, if we're going to make it anymore. Many, it seems, are not sure if they're going to have enough money, if their job is going to hold out or be the next one that's cut, if they're going to be able to hold on to their home or their home too is going to be gone. We're not sure about a lot of things anymore. It's enough, if you think about it, to drive someone to worry, to depression, and even outright fear. And the question this morning is, is there a word from God for days like these? Is there a word from God for days like these? Is there a way to move from fear to faith? Is there a way to live peacefully, rejoicing in the Lord rather than being filled with fear and dread? And the answer, beloved, is yes. Yes. I want to share that word with you today. I want to talk to you this morning about facing the future with faith rather than fear. Facing the future with faith rather than fear. Would you turn in your Bible to the Old Testament, the book of Proverbs? You find the book of Psalms, just as the very next book, Proverbs. And I want you to find the third chapter of Proverbs this morning. And we're going to read verses 1 through 12. As we seek to hear from God for these days in which we're living. Proverbs chapter 3. And we'll begin reading at verse number 1. Facing the future with faith rather than fear. Proverbs chapter 3. And I'll begin reading at verse number one, Proverbs three, verse one. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee, bind them about thy neck, write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes; fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel, and marrow to thy bones. Honour the Lord with thy substance, and with the firstfruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, And thy presses shall burst out with new wine. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. Let's ask God's help today. Father, we ask, Lord, that you'll just open up your word to us. I pray for thy Holy Spirit to teach us. I pray for you to have your will accomplished in every single life here today. Use me, Father. I give myself to you. Guide my word, my thought, my very actions. May they truly point everyone here today to Christ. In his name I pray. Amen. If you're like most Christians who read this passage, your eyes and your attention were drawn to verses 5 and 6, very familiar verses to many. Some have even taken Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 as their life verses. Now listen, sometimes we come to familiar ground like this and we find these grand verses, these great verses, these life verses in the Bible. Verses like John 3, 16 and Romans 8, 28 and Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. When you find out that someone's going to be teaching on them or preaching them, we sometimes, we sometimes kind of hit the mental snooze button. And we kind of check out for a little while, and, and we'll kind of come back to when the preacher's done. I, you think this way, I've heard this before, I I know uh, these verses, I know what they teach. So listen, before you hit the mental snooze button this morning, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to look at this passage afresh and anew. I want to take it apart, I want to turn it over, I want to examine it, and we're going to put it back together. And we're going to see what God's saying to us here. I want us to come with it with wonder, expectancy, and amazement. I want us to come to the Word today, as we should come every day, being reminded that we have here the inspired, inerrant, infallible, authoritative Word of the living God. Okay, so don't check out. Everybody's awake. Everybody's alert. Everybody's ready because we're going to look primarily at verses five and six today. Those most familiar verses. Now, we know these verses, many of us. Let's read them again. Trust of the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding and all thy ways. Acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. These verses are pretty straightforward. If you break it down, we're told to do three things. And it says God will do one thing. We're told to trust. We're told to lean not. And we're told to acknowledge. And then we find that it says that God shall direct one's paths. Notice likewise that we're told three things. Two of them, two of them are positive. Trust the Lord with all thine heart. In all thy ways acknowledge him. And one is negative. Where it says, lean not unto thine own understanding. And of course, God's part is all positive. As it says, he shall direct thy paths. Now, we know how it breaks down. We're told to do three things. God's going to do one thing. Let's look at those four things together. Number one, trust to the Lord with all thine heart. Trust to the Lord with all thine heart. Now, here's the question. What does it mean when it says trust? Trust. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. If you were to reach into your wallet or into your purse this morning and you pull out U.S. currency, if you look at that currency, it's going to have these words on it somewhere. In God we trust. And what does that mean? Well, sadly, for most folks, it doesn't mean very much uh, at all. Um, Is that what we have here in Proverbs when it says trust in the Lord with all thine heart? Is that just a saying? Is that just a phrase? Is that just a token to the man upstairs? God help us. Don't never call the Lord, the thrice holy God, the man upstairs, right? Is that just a token to him? The word trust here in our English Bibles came to us originally in Hebrew. Probably no one here today, myself included, brought along a Hebrew copy of the scripture. And so what does it mean when you go back to the Hebrew? Well, Chuck Swindoll knows Hebrew better than I do. I had Greek, but uh, really not Hebrew. But here's what he says, what it means. At the root of the original Hebrew term, listen, is the idea of throwing oneself down, of lying extended on the ground, casting all hopes for the present and future upon another, finding shelter and security there to cast ourselves completely Fully, absolutely on him and him only. In other words, this is not a hat tip to God. This is not half heartedness. This is out and out abandonment. Weersby says, here's what it means. It means to lie helpless face down. To lie helpless face down. I was really tempted to do that this morning. But I would really be helpless and it takes too much time to get back up. But I want you to get that picture in your mind. Picture yourself this morning on this stage, lying helpless, face down. That's what it means to trust. He says it's the picture of a servant waiting for the master's command with a readiness to obey. Or it's also the picture of a defeated soldier yielding himself to the conquering general. A defeated soldier yielding himself to the conquering general to lie helpless face down. That's what it means to throw yourself down, to lie down, to cast yourself with everything you are upon the Lord. No plan B, no other resources, but trust him fully. Notice what it says. Trust in whom? Trust in the Lord. Now, this is not a blind trust. If you go back and read, we know the son being talked to here. My son, verse one, is well acquainted with the Lord. Look back at verses one uh, through four. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck, write upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord. With all thine heart. It's not a blind trust. You was well acquainted with who God was and what God had said and how faithful God was. But how far is this trusting? How far is it to go? How far do we go in and lying helpless face down? It says trust of the Lord with all thine heart. When it says heart there, it's not talking about the, the organ in your chest that's pumping blood Through your body. Heart here means the inner man. It includes the mind. It includes our emotions. It includes our will of our volition. It includes who we are. What he's saying is, I want you to trust in the Lord. I want you to cast all that you are, all that you have, emotion, mind, will, everything that you are, I want you to trust completely to the Lord. Hold nothing back. Give all that you have fully to him. Now, I want you to notice God does not call for half heartedness. He does not call for partial trust. He calls for an all out, all hearted surrender to him. Now, before someone can trust him like this, before they can truly trust him with all their heart, they first have to have him in their heart. Before they can trust Him like this, they have to trust Him in the first place. They have to trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The Bible declares that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All are under condemnation. There are none righteous. All are lost. All are doomed. And there's only one hope, one solution, one Savior. And His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. And I wonder today, have you met Him, friend? Do you know him? Is he your savior? Is he your Lord? Have you turned from your wickedness, your sin? And have you turned to him by faith? Taken him by faith and faith alone. If not, why don't you do that today? Why don't you trust him today? Why not turn from condemnation and an eternal doom and destiny in hell to eternal life in the living Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ? Trust him today. Now, I understand that many have already done that. Many sit here today say, Preacher, you know, this time ago, I turned from my sin to Christ. I know Him. He's my Savior. He's my Lord. And I say, Hallelujah. I can say the same thing today only by His grace and His mercy. I'm not worthy, but I'm a sinner saved by grace. To Him be the glory. But listen, for those of us who know Him, let me ask you this question. Do you trust Him like this? Do you trust him as if you were lying helpless face down? Do you trust him like that? You say today, well, I I trusted my eternal destiny. I trust that when I die, he's going to take me to heaven. But do you trust him today? Do you trust him this month? Do you trust him this week? Do you trust him this morning? Do you trust him this hour? Are you completely, totally, absolutely abandoned to him, cast upon him, totally entrusting him, fully, completely trusting him and him alone? Because it says what? Trust in the Lord, not the Lord and, but trust to the Lord with all thine heart. Do you trust him like this? Be honest. Do you trust him like this? Not if you're fretting and worrying and anxious. Not if you're trying to spend all your time figuring out what to do. Beloved, I ask you today, are you trusting him like this? As the soldier who's defeated, yielding to the conquering general. As the servant before his master who's there waiting for the command, ready to obey. As if you're lying helpless, face down, do you trust him like this? Be honest. Do you trust him today? Now, in all honesty, I could probably stop right now and give an invitation. And if you were honest before God, I believe this altar should be filled. I really believe that. Some of you want me to stop for ulterior motives. I'm not going to stop. We're going to keep going because this passage doesn't stop. We're going to give an altar call in a few minutes, but I don't want to stop yet because it goes on to say next in that verse, these words and lean not unto thine own understanding. Now, what does the word lean mean? According to the scholar Tom Constable, it means almost the same thing as trust does. He says leaning is not just reclining against something. We see that a lot, you know, people leaning and kind of reclining. He says it literally means here relying on totally for support. Basically, the same thing that trust means to totally support, to totally rely upon your own understanding. When you understand what lean means, you know now why he says lean not unto thine own understanding. In other words, don't rely on your human wisdom. Don't rely on your human understanding. You're going to find out in your journey of faith, if you haven't already. You're going to find out that things don't always make sense from a human standpoint. They don't always make sense. Go back and talk to Joseph in the Old Testament, Genesis. From a human standpoint, it didn't make a lot of sense what he had to go through. I mean, all of us probably had fights and and disagreements with our siblings, but he has sold him into slavery and he was taken to a foreign place and sold as a slave. And he went through much hardship, imprisonment and the like. And from a human standpoint, it didn't appear that things were going so well for Joseph in his life. And then we know that to the casual observer looking at Joseph's life, it just seems like that maybe his life's not going to be all that great after all. But the Bible says God was with him and God was ordering his steps And God was sending him before to save life, to save the nation, to save his family. God sent him through all those things that did not make sense because God had a greater purpose for his life. From a human standpoint, it does not make sense that God, Almighty God, would send his son to die because you and I sinned. From a human standpoint, that doesn't make sense. We should be in hell this morning. We should be there for all eternity. It doesn't make sense that God would love us that much, but beloved, He does. And He sent Christ to die in our place. It may not make sense, but praise be to God that we don't understand it, but God in His grace and mercy said, I'll give my son that you might have life. From a human standpoint, the journey of faith does not always make sense. And listen, what you're going through right now, what you're going through right now probably makes no sense whatsoever. You can't figure it out. You can't make heads or tails about it. You can't reason it out. You would have not chosen it for yourself. You didn't want it in the first place. But Christian, listen to me. God says to you this morning, trust me with all your heart. Trust me. Don't rely on your own wisdom. Don't rely on your own understanding. Trust me. Trust with all your heart. Know that I'm worthy of your trust. Know that I'm in control. Know that I'm on the throne. I'm God alone. Trust me. Even when you can't find me, it seems. The old song used to say it this way. When you can't trace his hand, trust his heart. Trust me with all Thine heart. Don't try to figure out everything. I'm kind of analytical. I like to figure things out and think through things. And I drive other people crazy that way. I drive my wife crazy that way sometimes. I like to drive around the parking lot and observe and figure out just the right spot to park in. She just whips it in there and turns it off. I like to figure things out. God says, lean not unto your understanding. Look at verse seven. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord, depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Listen, he says, don't try to figure it all out. And let me give you caution, though. This is not saying, you know, turn off your brain. God gave us a brain. God gave us some knowledge. God gives us wisdom. We should be using that for His glory. We should give that to Him. But the idea here is don't lean upon your own understanding because you may miss the will of God. So what do we have so far? Number one, trust the Lord with all thine heart. Number two, lean not into thine own understanding. Number three, in all thy ways acknowledge Him. Acknowledge Him. Now notice the word there in verse number six, in all Thy ways, not in some, not in most, not in spiritual matters alone, in all thy ways, acknowledge him. What does it mean to acknowledge him? What does that mean? Well, I believe MacDonald was right when he said it's the idea of acknowledging his lordship in every area of our life, that he is Lord. He says every area of our lives must be turned over to his control. We must have no will of our own, only a single pure desire to know his will and to do it. You see, that word acknowledge, here's what it literally means in the original. It means to recognize. It means to consciously know. So let's read it that way. In all thy ways, recognize him. In all thy ways, consciously know him. In all thy ways, yield to His Lordship. Now, He is Lord. He is Lord. And He wants to be Lord, and to be Lord of every area of our lives. You say, no, really, every area? Listen, 1 Corinthians 10.31. Whether therefore ye eat, or drink, or whatsoever ye do. How does it end? Does anybody know? Do all to the glory of God. How much more basic can you get than that? Eating and drinking. And then he says, Hey, whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Have you opened your life? Have you opened your life up to the Lord? Is there any area in your life where he is not welcomed? Is there any area in your life where he's not welcomed? We touched on it briefly before the offering, but what about your finances? So many people struggle in this area. But look at what verses 9 and 10 say here in this passage. Verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the firstfruits of all thine increase, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Do you honor God in your finances? Do you tithe your income? Do you give at least 10% of your income to the Lord? Do you consider him in your financial decisions? Is he the Lord of your checkbook and your pocketbook? You see, when we tithe to the Lord, we give 10% first. You know what that does? It acknowledges his lordship, but it also reminds us of this. We are stewards. And while he says, yes, I want you to bring at least 10%, it reminds us, hey, the 90% belongs to him as well. It is all his. We're stewards. What's a steward? A steward is a manager. Everything we have, everything we possess, it's not ours, it's his. And he allows us to use it and be managers of it for his honor and his glory. Listen, if you can't trust God with your finances, then you're certainly not trusting him like it says to in Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. You're certainly not doing that. And it's interesting, this comes in this passage, because many times that's the area where people fail in their Christian life and trust in God. They won't turn over their finances to God. They said, oh, he's my savior. He's my Lord. of like the cartoon, the preacher baptizing the fella, and you see him, he's got his wallet up out of the water. He just won't let that go under. He just won't surrender that. God says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, in all thy ways, acknowledge Him. Acknowledge Him in your finances, in your family, in your job, in your vocation, in your vacation. In every area of your life, God says, listen, know me, recognize me, honor me, trust me. Three things He tells us to do. Trust Him. Lean not. Acknowledge him. And then what does it say? What is he going to do? Look at the end of verse six. And he shall direct thy paths. Here's where we get to the promise. He shall direct thy paths. Your translation may have it something like this. He'll make thy path straight. It's the idea of removing obstacles in the path. It's the idea of smoothing the way. As one writer said, he may do it using the Bible. He may use it using the advice of godly Christians through the marvelous convergence of circumstances, through the inward peace of the Holy Spirit, or through a combination of those things. But he'll make the guidance so clear, so clear for us. He'll direct the path. He'll direct you in the way he wants you to go. We live in a world filled with uncertainty. Yet in these days of great confusion, where it seems nobody, even those in leadership, those even making decisions, don't even know what's going on. In that day of confusion, God says, trust me. Trust me. Lean not unto your own, own understanding. Recognize, know me in every area of your life. And here's my promise to you. I will direct your path. Now, here's another question. Is it a safe path to tread? I want to submit to you that it is. But listen, that doesn't mean it's an easy path. It may even be a dangerous path, humanly speaking. You see, the path that God has had for some believers has ultimately led them to martyrdom. That is, they were killed Because they loved and followed Jesus Christ. And you say, well, preacher, how can you say that's a safe path then? Listen, the safest place you can be is in the center of the will of God. That's the safest place you can be. And there you're safe. Regardless of what happens. If you're in God's will. Now, this is a promise. But it's also a proverb. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, listen. Listen. As one scholar said, the promise means that God will make the course of such a person's whole life truly successful in God's eyes. It's a promise in a Proverbs. It refers to the totality of the person's life. What am I saying? It means that it's not guaranteeing you're never going to make a mistake. We're talking about the totality of life. Directing your path overall, getting you where God wants you to be, but it doesn't mean you're not gonna make a mistake or two. It doesn't mean maybe you won't disobey as God's leading you. I think everybody here would agree and would say, yes, I've made some mistakes in my life and I've made some wrong turns in my Christian life. But listen, here's what he's saying here. God can't even take those mistakes. And use them to accomplish His purpose and His will for your life. Romans 8, 28. We know that all things work together. The good things, the bad things, the right decisions, the bad decisions. God's taking all those things and conforming us and making us more like Christ. And even sometimes God has to discipline us. Look down at verses 11 and 12. My son despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. Listen, I discipline my sons, not because I hate them, not because I despise them. We discipline them because we love them. We don't want them to waste their life. We don't want them to dishonor God with their life. And so out of a heart of love, we discipline our kids, right? God says, listen, I do the same thing. Because I love you, I will chasten you. Sometimes those hard times in life, and you're not to judge other people and their circumstances, please. And it's not always the case, but sometimes these things come in our lives because it's coming from God's chastening, loving hand. And he's trying to get our attention. He's trying to to get us to recognize and acknowledge him, to get us back on the right path. So, understand the promise here doesn't mean that you're going to walk as a perfect little robot down life, never making a mistake. No, the totality of life, God's going to direct your path. God's going to get you where He wants you. But here's the real question today Will you trust Him? Remember what kind of trust we're talking about to lie helpless face down, to have no other resources. No plan B, no plan C, no plan D, E, F, G to totally and fully trust him. It begins at the foot of the cross where you trust Christ as your Savior and Lord. It continues day by day and hour by hour as you acknowledge his lordship in every area of your life. It means that no matter what happens, no matter how hard the path, no matter how much it does not make sense. You will trust him. You don't turn to your own wisdom. You don't turn to your own resources. You acknowledge him and you cast yourself. Literally, you cast yourself on him. Do you trust him like that? It was a common occurrence for the townspeople of Brixham, England, to see a frail middle aged man stroll thoughtfully By the sea. You see, this mild-mannered man was the town's parson. And uh, he had taken his daily walks by the sea there for more than 20 years. That's the way he thought out his sermons. That's the way he communed with the Lord. He daily talked with God by the sea on his walk. Man, that's a great thing to do, isn't it? I love the seashore myself. Well, one Sunday afternoon in September of 1847, Reverend Henry Light walked along the seashore there with a heavy heart. You see, his steps were uncommonly slow that day because this was the last day he was going to be walking that familiar path by the seashore. See, he'd taken the little church there in Ricksome when he was only 30 years old. He thought that the salt air would mend his health. That day at the age of 54, his ailment had actually grown worse. And doctors had advised him to leave and go to the warmer climate in Italy. At the morning service there on that Sunday, he administered his last sacrament. And he walked beside the seashore that afternoon. And as he was doing so, he was making notes of his farewell message to the friends there in Brixham that he had served. For so many years. And as he walked along the seashore that Sunday afternoon. He wrote down his prayer. He later gave that prayer. That page containing the prayer to a relative. And that relative took that and put it away in a trunk. Just kind of put it away. Well you know Henry Light never did make it to Italy. He actually died in southern France. Two months after leaving But the reason I tell you the story is because of that prayer that he wrote. We still have that prayer because along the way, that prayer resurfaced and was set to music and became a hymn that perhaps, you know, I think it's a fitting conclusion to what God has been saying to us today. This is just a portion of it. But listen and see if you recognize it. Abide with me, fast falls the eventide. The darkness deepens, Lord, with me. I Flee. Help of the helpless, oh, abide with me. Swift to its close, ebbs out life's little day. Earth's joys grow dim, its glories pass away. Change and decay in all around I see. Oh, thou who changest not. Abide with me. I need thy presence every passing hour. What but thy grace can foil the tempter's power? Who who like thyself my guide and stay can be? Through cloud and sunshine, Lord, abide with me. I fear no foe with thee at hand to bless. Ills have no weight and tears no bitterness. Where is death's sting? Where grave thy victory? I triumph still. If thou abide with me, hold thou thy cross before my closing eyes, shine through the gloom and point me to the skies. Heaven's morning breaks and earth's vain shadows flee in life, in death. O Lord. Abide. With me. I don't know about you, friend. But the longer I know him, the longer I serve him, the more I'm understanding just how much I need him. Not just for eternity, but for today. Not just for years down the road, but for this moment, this hour, this breath. I don't know what you're facing, friend, but I know what God says to you. He says, trust me with all thine heart. Don't lean on your own understanding in every way, in every area of your life. Acknowledge me, know me, recognize me as Lord. And here's my promise. I will direct your path. I will guide your steps. It starts at the foot of the cross as you trust him as Savior and Lord. It continues day by day. Do you know him today? Do you know him? And if you do, are you trusting him, father, abide with us, just as Henry Light wrote, we need you, father. I believe you're speaking to hearts this morning, folks that are hurting, folks that are struggling. Father, I pray in this invitation time, if there are folks who do not know Christ as savior, I pray they'll come and receive him. I pray for others who do know him. Lord, I pray that they would come today and just cast themselves before you at this altar as if they were lying helpless, face down, saying, yes, I will trust you. I will not lean upon my own resources. I will acknowledge you, Lord, and I'm trusting you in every area of my life. Glorify yourself in this invitation and we give you the glory in the Savior's name. Amen. Thank uh-huh.